Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. This is the podcast for Multi-Faith Matters. I'm your host, John Moorhead, and uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast that you're about to listen to or watch. And please uh, take a look at our growing library of podcasts for various topics related to multi-faith engagement. you also find uh, video formats available on our YouTube page. And uh, this is just one of the resources that we provide. If you go to our website at multifaithmatters.org, you'll find a variety of resources all aimed at helping evangelicals and other Christians not only fulfill the Great Commission, but also the Great Commandments to love God and to love their neighbors. In this context, to love their multi-faith neighbors. And of course, we're a nonprofit organization. And if you find this uh, ministry of value, please consider uh, supporting it financially. Uh, in this uh, podcast here, uh, the, the title of it is uh, uh, Developing a Theology for Elephants, and uh, that title will make sense uh, very quickly here as we get into it, but I'd like to, to begin by talking about uh, how I got involved in this subject matter. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I received a couple of grants as a part of the Multi-Faith Matters grant team from the Louisville Institute, two grants. The first was a three-year uh, project. The second was a two-year supplemental project. And during that supplemental project, we were looking specifically at uh, evangelical attitudes, the affective dimension, the emotions toward other religious movements and why they tend to be negative. And uh, this required uh, bringing a theology of multi-faith engagement into conversation with the behavioral sciences, in particular, social psychology, and some neuroscience. And uh, one of the questions that came up during that process was a theory of change. Uh, given our target audience of conservative evangelicals, how do we facilitate change? How, what do we understand the challenges and the problems to be? And then in light of our research, uh, research what do we understand uh, the proper strategy to be for uh, changing hearts and minds, for persuasion? for changing our target audience. And directly related to that, uh, I encountered a, a metaphor that came up. The first time I saw it, it was in the work of uh, social psychologist, Jonathan Haidt, uh, where he talked about the metaphor of the elephant and the writer. And so that's uh, what I wanna talk about today in this podcast, looking at a theology of multi-faith engagement directed at the elephant in that metaphor. And rather than try and describe that metaphor myself, I'm going to allow uh, the experts to do it by way of a couple of video clips. Uh, first of all is one from uh, the late Emile Bruneau. Uh, he was a neuroscientist and a peacemaker uh, from the University of Pennsylvania. And I have the highest regard for the work uh, that he did before his all too soon passing. And in this clip here, he's going to describe that metaphor and how it relates to interreligious conflict. Now, this clip comes uh, by use uh, of permission. It's from the film, The Sultan and the Saint. 
And I would encourage you to seek that out. I will include the link in the program notes, but you can find that at sultanandsaintfilm.com slash encounter. And uh, we have permission from their organization, the Unity Productions Foundation, uh, to use this clip. And uh, they wanted me to let you know that this uh, film is uh, available for interfaith dialogue use for free of charge. And just go look at the website, watch the film, look at the resources they include uh, with it in that process if you want to bring Christians and Muslims together. In this clip uh, one, uh, from the film, uh, we see again Emile Bruneau, neuroscientist and peacemaker unpacking for us uh, this metaphor of the elephant and the writer. Complex structure, but there, there are some um, kind of overall organizing structural aspects to it. And the one that's, that's most interesting and most relevant to intergroup conflict for me is, is that the, uh, the analogy that's been used for the brain is it's like a rider sitting on top of an elephant. The idea is that the, the rider on the elephant is that conscious part of our brain that we're aware of, um, that we can introspect about. Um, but the elephant represents that part of our brain that's unconscious, that we're not aware of, but that is still driving our behaviors. And this becomes really important because a lot of the processes that, uh, that we're engaging in, a lot of the things that our brain is processing, if they're beyond our conscious awareness, we don't think that we're being affected by things that are actually affecting us. And of course, these are the processes that, uh, that have been kind of stewed in place by evolution over many, many years, many millions of years. And so since we're unaware of them, they affect us and we're not really able to intervene. We're not able to, uh, to check those aspects of our psychology that's driving our behavior. Okay. So uh, Dr. Bruneau has uh, described for us this uh, metaphor that is used in social psychology, used in neuroscience, in the behavioral sciences to explain uh, how the brain works, how the mind works in regards to human behavior. Uh, we have this uh, metaphor of a human rider sitting on top of an elephant. And the human rider represents the conscious, rational part of our brain. And the elephant represents the much larger and stronger subconscious, preconscious, intuitive and emotional aspect. And we tend to think that many times, or perhaps all of the time, that it's the rider that's guiding us and moving us in the direction as we engage in our behaviors. When in reality, according to the research in social psychology and neuroscience, there's a lot of subconscious processes that are going on, including those of bias and prejudice and these kinds of things. And so my question is, how do we begin as evangelicals and others working in multi-faith engagement, peacemaking and interfaith to look at uh, more seriously the place of the subconscious, the elephant? How do we develop a theology of the elephant in regards to multi-faith engagement? Now, uh, listening to this, you might be thinking, uh, you may be uh, skeptical. Uh, how can that be that th there are these unconscious processes going on? I don't have that. I, 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 you know, it's always the the cognitive, the rational part that's in control. And I want to play a second clip where another neuroscientist unpacks for us in the context, interestingly, of interfaith uh, bias. Uh, David Eagleman in the series that aired on PBS, The Brain with David Eagleman. Uh, he. Uh, has this series here where he unpacks and talks about uh, empathy in relation to the brain and the I've elephant. been researching this back in my laboratory. And here was my main question. When we interact with someone, does our brain function differ 
according to which group they're in. For every in-group we belong to, there's at least one group that we don't. And that division can be based on anything, race or gender or wealth or religion. We put 130 participants in the scanner. And here's what they saw, six hands on the screen and the computer randomly picks one of these and then that hand gets stabbed by a syringe needle. Now that activates the pain matrix, which is what comes online when you're in pain or you see someone else in pain. Now here's the trick. We now added a label to each hand, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, atheist, Scientologist. And the question is, would they care as much when they see a member of their outgroup getting stabbed? So here's what we found. Here's a subject, and when he watched a member of his in-group getting stabbed, there was a large neural response in this area of his brain. But when he watched a member of one of his outgroups get stabbed, it was essentially a flat line. We scanned a range of volunteers and there are individual differences, but the trend is clear. A single word label is enough to change your brain's basic pre-conscious response to another person in pain. In other words, how much you care about them. Now you might have opinions about religion and its historical divisiveness, but even atheists here care more about other atheists' hands getting stabbed than they do about other people. So it's not really about religion. It's about which team you're on. Okay, so Dr. Eagleman there helps us see an illustration of the elephant, that subconscious, or as he called it, the preconscious uh, form of bias in action. Uh, again, recall that uh, when, uh, when we are put in an MRI and they're watching our brains function, it really comes to this uh, us versus them, uh, in-group versus out-group tribalism bias. We as human beings uh, are pre-wired uh, to care more for people in our in-group uh, and religion uh, and religious labels are one of those in-groups. We care more for those who are Christians, if you're Christian and evangelical, than you do for those who are Scientologists or Jews or others. Uh, however, the good news is that even though we're pre-wired, the brain has something called plasticity, and that is that we can, uh, can change that. There are various intervention strategies that can be used uh, to help increase empathy, to lower prejudice, and uh, to expand what we consider to be those uh, in-group members. And so all of this comes together, this, uh, this metaphor of the elephant and the rider for me, it seems to me, We've done a lot of good work as evangelicals over the years uh, in writing uh, books, trying to understand people in other religious traditions. But I think we focus largely on the writer part of that metaphor. We focused on the rational part of our cognition. We've been educational and education's a part of it, but it's certainly not the only facet of it. Again, that's aimed at the writer. How do we think more holistically and broadly and develop theologies and strategies that not only engage the writer, but also engage the elephant. 
And for me, this means we're going to have to start bringing our theologies of multi-faith engagement increasingly into conversation with the behavioral sciences like social psychology and social neuroscience. So um, perhaps we need a broader sense of uh, natural revelation, natural theology uh, to incorporate these kinds of things. How can we, we uh, be working with scientists and with theologians and strategists in peacemaking capacities? How can we as evangelicals develop a theology for the elephant in terms of multi-faith engagement and bias and prejudice? Uh, well, that's my thought on this. Uh, please leave your, your comments uh, in the comment section if you're looking at this on YouTube. Uh, send me an email if you'd like to give me feedback. Again, I, I hope you find this podcast and other podcasts in our collection helpful. Please give us uh, a rating, a good rating on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you find your podcast listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube page. And again, if you find the Ministry of Multi-Faith Matters helpful, uh, please cons uh, consider supporting us with your prayers and finances. Thank you for listening and watching, and uh, we'll see you in the next podcast episode.